All right, well, let's look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. We've been in a series called God is with you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. We're going to continue on that this evening. It says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? We're going to come back to that part. But look at the first part. Verse 5, it says, Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the uh, NLT, it says, For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. In the Amplified Classic, it says, For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Now the world will tell you this is not true. The world will tell you there is no God, and in fact you're alone. The world will tell you you got to fight for everything on your own. It's a brutal place. I mean, the world is a fallen world, but for the Christian, we're not left without help. And we've been talking about this in the series. If you missed those, you can go back. They're all on the website, video. There's on, on the podcast. You can go back and listen to them. We've covered a lot of different uh, parts of this. But the Lord is saying here that in the Bible and the Holy Spirit through the rite of Hebrews, is saying, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. That means he never will. That means right now, that means last week, that means next month, he is with us and he uh, is working with us. He, he said he will not abandon us, he will not leave you, will not forsake you. So that means always he's with us, always. Even if you feel like he's not. And we have help that... To, to think that way that he's not, Satan will try to push you and say, well, he surely isn't with you. He's not doing anything in your life. Just look and feel and see. But Satan's a liar. Just know those thoughts come to everybody. But we have to push back on him and say, no, this is what the Word said. If the Lord, if the Bible says, I won't leave you, and you have a thought that says, where is God? It feels like you left me. The Bible's right. And our feelings are wrong. Have you ever had feelings that turned out to be wrong? Ever? Anybody willing to admit? Of course you have. So why would you trust your feelings? They're not, they're not a good indicator of anything. You know, your senses can be fooled. I did this before. You ever done this where you take, uh, you cross your fingers like this, and if you close your eyes, have somebody cross their fingers and have them close their eyes, and then you put uh, a pencil or something in between them, it feels like there's two objects. Because your fingers usually aren't like this, they're like this, and you're actually hitting the outsides of the two fingers. You're actually, it feels like something's there and there, but it's crossed. Your, your, your feelings are wrong. Your senses are fooling you. 
Now, if you know what's going on, you could be like, oh, okay, you know. But your feelings, yeah, people are trying it now. <laughs> now I just derailed, derailed the whole service. No. You try it when you get home. You can try it now. Everybody want to just try it? This is like show and tell. We'll just do it. No. But your feelings can be fooled. And there's, we could go through any number of those things, you know? Your feelings can tell you one thing, and nothing in reality is going on. You know, your feelings can tell you that you're falling when you're at an amusement park, and you're not. It's just the screen in front of you, you know, is trying to make you think it. Or you could be really, you know, in a, some ride that is actually going down. But there's all kinds of illusions that make you feel differently than it, what is actually going on. So we know we can be tricked like that. So just because you have a thought does not mean we should start believing wholeheartedly and say, oh, no, that's real. Satan will tell you, no, it's real. But you know from experience that it's been wrong before. So if you have to choose between your feelings on one hand that you know is, is uh, not, not uh, trustworthy and God's word that has never failed, it's pretty obvious which you should choose. But we have to do that on purpose because emotions and feelings come and they're very real and they try to push on you and get you to, to yield. So we've talked about some of those things. God is with us all the time. Let's, let's look back at um, verse 5 though, or verse 6, Hebrews 13, 6. So he says in verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then in verse 6, he, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. He helps. Look at Isaiah 41.10. We read this as well, but I want you to, to notice a, a specific part of it. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will, what? Help, Help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yes, I will help you, that part says. I will help you. The Lord throughout, there's, there's many verses that it talks about him, him helping us. You know, you go back to the Psalms, you're, you're my help. My very present help in times of trouble. Over and over, the Bible talks about uh, God being our helper. Let's look at John 14, 15. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another, what? Helper. Helper. That he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the, whole, excuse me, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, talking to the disciples, so they were in a, a certain dispensation and things were changing here. He dwells with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Go back to verse 16. It says, Jesus is speaking, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who's that talking about? The Holy Spirit. And it says that the Holy Spirit is a helper. Well, what does the helper do? He helps. It's not a trick question. 
If, his, if he is called the helper, then you ought to expect help. Some people think the Holy Spirit is there to beat you up, called the sledgehammer or something. No, he is the helper. He's not there to beat you up. He's not there to push you away. He's not there to keep you down. He's not there to condemn you. He's there to help. So he helps. Whatever he's doing, he's going to help. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And it says that he will be in us, and we're at the place where he is in us. What's he there to help with? Everything. You name it. Now, he's not going to help you do wrong, but he's going to help you in what God has called you to do. He's going he's, he's to help you in God's plan for you, in carrying out His will, the Holy Spirit is there to help you get the job done, whatever that entails. That's His job description. He's the helper. Look at it in the Amplified. John uh, 14, 15 in the Amplified Classic. It says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter, counselor, so that, that word... Uh, here's translated comforter, but it has all these connotations. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. That brings even more out. Well, all these things are helping. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, Sometimes the help is just strength. You need strength. Well, he's the strengthener. He's the helper. He'll help to give you strength. He'll help you get the job done. You say, I can't do it. I'm too weak. I'm too tired. Well, we have a helper. We don't have to go call somebody. I mean, you can call somebody. And God can work through them and can help them. There is a natural side to, to, to life. But you don't have to go call somebody to get the Holy Spirit to help you. If you know Him, if you've been born again, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, and we have, we're talking about God being with us. Well, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, is not only just with us, He's in us. And He is in us to help. Always. Not just a little help. He's not just, you know, he wants to help, but you know he's just not very competent. You ever had that kind of help? Or maybe, you know, little kids, they, they want to help, and so their help is really going to put you backwards in your project, but you know you want to bring them along. So you're giving them a job to do. You know, one of my jobs when I was young was, here, hold these screws. <laughs> or hold these nails while, while my dad is fixing something, and I'm helping when I was. I mean, that actually is a real big help if, it, you know, you can actually just hold them where you need them, and you just, you know, you're underneath or whatever, and you're just grabbing them. That's a help. It's not like, you know, let's fix this super hard problem kind of help. It's not like, hey, I need to move this 200-pound thing help, but it's help. But that's not the help, that's not the kind of help the Holy Spirit gives. He is the Almighty. He's God. So when you talk about help, you're not just getting a little dab of help. 
You have all the help you could ever need. You say, well, what about this area? He's God. He knows. And he can direct you. You say, well, but I need something in the natural. He's got connections. He can get you in the right place. Hey, call that dude. Hey, this person will help you. Oh, no, don't go there. That's helping. Can save you days. Just by helping you do what to do. No, give you ideas. Give you illumination. Give you strategy. He's the helper. And he's, he's more powerful than any helper in the natural you could have. Again, there's a natural part of life, but if you know you have the Lord, the all-knowing one, the all-sufficient one on the inside of you, and the Spirit of God is actually entitled, his, his title is helper, that puts everything else into perspective. It's like, okay, I may have to talk to some people, but I have the help on the inside. I got everything I need. We're going to get her done. We're going over. Look at uh, John 15, verse 25, just a little bit further in that chapter. John 14, did I say 15? John 14, 25. <clears throat> said, I have... Okay, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So it says the Father will send him in my name. That means it, it's the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. It, the Holy Spirit's God. Jesus is God. God the Father is God. God the Holy Spirit indwells us and he's sent in the name of Jesus and he says he will teach you all things. That means whatever you need, he's going to teach you. Going to help you get it done. Again, look at this one in the Amplified, John 14, 26. That part in the Amplified. Can you go to 26? It says, but the helper... The helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything I have told you. So he is the one that is sent in the stead of Jesus. Jesus was on the earth, and we'll see this in a minute. He was on the earth, and some people think, well, I, I wish I just had Jesus next to me. You have the spirit of Jesus with you always. Jesus could only be physically in one place, but you have, if you're a Christian, if, if you believed on the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then you have the spirit of the living God with you always, which is actually better than having Jesus with you. Jesus can't be everywhere at once in his physical body, but now, regardless of what you're dealing with, he can be with everybody. The Holy Spirit can. Let's look at John 15, verse 26. <clears throat> it says, When the Helper comes whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. You will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Again, saying 
The helper, he said, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So he has the job of helping, and he's going to testify of Jesus. Let's look at, at John uh, 16, verse 5. So this is Jesus speaking. He says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So Jesus said, I'm leaving. He said, Because you know this, you're sorry. Verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Does Jesus know what he's talking about or not? Was Jesus confused? Was he just trying to give him a pep talk just so, you know, to comfort you, pat on the back, and then I'm out of here? Didn't actually tell you the truth. You're not actually having an advantage, but, you know, I just wanted you to feel better. Well, that's not going to make you feel better in the long run. Jesus tricked us. No, he did not trick us. He's telling the truth. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If, or if I do not go away, the Helper won't come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit is going to convict people of sin, of not believing on Jesus. That's what he's going to convict of. You know, people confuse, they, they, they're feeling condemned and they think it's the Holy Spirit. That's not his job description. That's not what he's doing. The Bible says your own heart condemns you. But the Holy Spirit is not going to condemn you. He will convict you of your need to believe on the Lord Jesus. Because in the Lord Jesus, all our sins are remitted. That means they're taken care of and we become a new person through, through Christ Jesus. So verse 9, it says, Of sin, because they do not believe in me. So he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. So he's going to, he's going to be prompting you, if you're a Christian, of being righteous. That means that you are right standing with God that you actually have a place with God. And then verse 11 says, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan's the one that's in trouble. He'll try to tell you you're in trouble, but sometimes you just need to remind him of his future. Say, what are you talking about? You're the one that's, your future is really bad. You're going to be burning forever. I'm going to be with the Lord forever. And I'm not, you're not going to overcome me now. You're not going to overtake me. You're a liar. And what you have coming is worse than anything that you can try to threaten me with. And you can't even get it done. You're a liar. You're just trying to, to intimidate. Because he is judged at that you read Revelation, at the end of the day, Satan is done, but he knows that, and so he tries to make a big deal and tries to intimidate Christians, but he doesn't actually have any power. 
Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Does that sound like helping? He will guide you into all the truth that you need. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll show you where you need to go. He'll help you get in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. He'll lead you into all truth, not just half truth, not just part of the truth, not just part of the time. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and helps us. And part of that is He's getting us in, leading us into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. That's another thing He does. He tells you things to come. He'll tell you what you need to know. He'll help you get in the right place. He'll tell you what job you need to take. He'll tell you where you need to live. He'll help you get a place to stay. He'll help you uh, meet the right person. He'll help you marry the right person. He helps us with the, the normal things of life. He'll, he'll tell us what we need to know for our life and help us to get in the right place doing the right thing. That's part of what the Holy Spirit does. You can always depend on Him. And if this is what He does, Jesus is saying He'll, he'll tell you things to come. He's going to help you. He'll guide you into all truth. Then why would you be concerned and think somehow He's going to withhold from you? He wouldn't be very good at His job if He was just sitting there and going, well, I'm not going to do it. I don't like you. I don't want to tell you where to go. Figure it out on your own. You know, smart guy. That's not what it says. The Bible, Jesus said that's why he came. So sometimes we act like, well, I just don't know if he'll help me. You wouldn't maybe say it like that, but you're thinking, how, how do I get this done? I just don't know. Well, here's a clue. Ask him and believe that that's what he does. We can do that. Like, I mean, we need to... Either we believe what the Word of God says or we don't believe it, and we need to step up and go, wait a minute, no, the Holy Spirit actually was sent to lead me and guide me and help me, and that's what He's doing. So I am hearing Him. Satan will tell you you can't hear Him. He's not speaking to you. It's just so hard to hear. It's so hard to understand. It's so hard to be led. Those are all lies. Why would God give the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to lead you into all truth and to tell you things of, co to things of things to come, but it's so hard that nobody can do it? Well, what good is that? You know, if I give you a map to try to help you get somewhere, but it's so illegible 
that you can't tell what it says, what good is that? Well, I have a map here. Map to what? Well, I'm not sure, but I guess it's where I'm supposed to go, but I can't read anything on it. But I got the map. You ever had a map like that? Sometimes it looks like, you know, the maps look like they're telling you the right thing, but they're not. You know, it's telling you to go this way, and you're like, that thing is not there. We just were driving to one of Andrew's games yesterday, and it says, turn here. And we're like, what? That's a house. We're supposed to be going to a park. You're, you've arrived at your destination. I don't think they're expecting us. They haven't got a very big driveway. So we're in the middle, you know, just driving some windy New England road, and we're like, okay, got to find a place to turn around because that's not it where we're supposed to be. So we pull over, and actually what we did then is, you know, if you don't, if you have, now I don't know what they got on Android, but if, if you have multiple people in your family and you have an iPhone, you need to enable it so that you can use the find my iPhone feature. We have used that so much. It is like, so all as we did, instead of trying to find out the directions right, we just said, well, directions to Andrew's phone because he's at the park. And we started following the directions to Andrew's phone. And we're coming up around the bend. I'm like, so where did it tell us to go? And it was actually, you know, just past and actually just before uh, where it had told us. So by the time when we were coming, it, it told us that you've arrived and we've already passed it. And so that's when we're looking up and going, where's the park? What was behind us? So when we were coming back, we found it. That didn't help. But thank God we had find my iPhone so that we were able to find Andrew anyway. But, you know, I'm sure we would have seen that big eight-foot sign when we came back anyway that said the park that we were arriving at. So that helped. But the point is, you know, you could have something if it's too hard to read or it doesn't give you the right directions. Some people act like that's the way God is. Like God is like, oh, I'm leading you, but let's see if you can figure out how. It's not real easy. You might bump into a few things. That's not God. God's not doing that. Now, we have to learn to hear him, but he hasn't made it hard, because if he made it hard, what's the point? The Holy Spirit's not a very good helper if you can't hear him. If it's too hard and only, you know, super elite people can hear him, then, well, I'd rather have Jesus by me then. I can just talk to him and say, hey, where am I supposed to go? But Jesus said it's advantageous if the Holy Spirit came. So he's either true or he's a liar. I believe he's right. And what the Bible is saying that the Spirit of God will help us to do here, he will help us to do. And he's helping us to do it right now. I said he's helping us right now. Now we have to tune in. But he hasn't been like checking out. You have to ask him. But even when he's doing everything... It, you know, that, that we've allowed him to do to try to get it across to us. And if we believe he's helping us and look in, you know, the first thing, he's going he's gonna to lead you by peace and lead you by your spirit. And we've, we have some series on that in depth. We, can, we have one called Hearing From Him on our website. You can go look at that. You know, we went into it in depth. But he is going to lead you by your heart, by peace. You know, if you have a scratchy feeling on the inside, don't, don't ignore that. Don't go, eh, I'm just going to override that and do it anyway. No, he's going to lead you by peace. You want to be led by the peace of God. 
but He is going to give you direction. And so if we ask Him, Lord, show me, He is going to help you get in the right place. He loves you so much, and He knows how to communicate with you. You're an intelligent being. He's an intelligent being. He knows what you'll listen to. He knows how you operate, and He's going to get it across to you if we'll look to Him. If He's got to send a hundred people across your path to be like, dummy, go over here, go over here, go over here, if we're in tune with Him, we'll get in the right place. He will help us. He is teaching us. He is leading us into all truth. He is the helper. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit is my helper. He's my helper. He helps me. He's helping me now. He's going to help me tomorrow. Going to help me next week. I'm going to look for His help. That's the key. You need to be, you need to know. We have been given the Holy Spirit, not just out there somewhere. He's in us. So that means you don't have to go looking for Him. He's already, if you're a Christian, then He is actually in you. And He will lead you. And He'll guide you. And He is doing it. And we have to walk by faith in that and say, Lord, I believe you're leading me. I'm, I'm here. And if you, just made, if you just made a bad decision, that's when you have to say it really strong. I hear the Spirit of God. I am led by the Spirit of God. He is teaching me. He is leading me into all truth. He is guiding me. He's showing me things to come. You know, you have a thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. He is showing me things to come. He is leading me in all truth. He's getting me where I need to be. Well, how are you going to take care of this? He is leading me. I have the helper. That's how. And he's showing me. I hear him. I know how to get there. And I am being sensitive. He's helping me. He'll get it across to me. That's how we operate in it. We believe what Jesus said, what the Word of God says and put off anything that is contrary. Look at verse 13 again, and let's read uh, a few more verses in this passage. This is John 16, verse 13. It says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. Verse 14 He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. He will take, see God the Father has a plan for you, he has a plan for me, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to help you get in that plan. The Holy Spirit's job is to help us to, to, to be, uh, to help to lead us, to guide us, to help us. Whatever help we need, that's part of what He does. And you don't have to have everything figured out. What you do have to have, what you do have to know is that you don't know everything and that you need help. 
That is a big step. You think that's obvious. That's not so obvious. There are people all over the world that don't think they need any help and not from God. In fact, I just saw some ad that, you know, I was watching something specific, uh, a specific video on YouTube, and then they interject some ad about something, and it's, it's, they're, talk, they're selling some kind of program, and they're saying something about, well, you know, if you're not right for this program, if you think you need a savior, they're talking about some other area. But, hey, one of the first things you need to know is that you need a savior. It is not a badge of honor to say, well, I don't need anybody. No, you're stupid if you don't think you need God. Satan will help you be like, no, I got it. I'm smart. I, I, no, we're not saying we don't use our, our intellect. God gave us our intellect. But we need to, the first step is, I know I need a helper, and I acknowledge I need a helper, and I'm going to look for the help. Because he knows way, way more than I do, and he can show me what to do when I don't see. He can lead you in, in things that you don't have a full comprehension of. It's not that you're not doing your due diligence. It's not that you're, you're being lazy. You just don't know everything. Anybody want to say, no, I actually do know everything? We don't. There's all kinds of areas that you're going to have to operate in that you don't have complete understanding of. And that does, again, that doesn't mean you don't do what you need to do in the natural. You do, but how many of you know that you've done what you didn't, needed to do in the natural and you still miss something if you're doing it on your own? Well, God can help you see what you need to see and not miss certain things and get in the right place and be with the right people and he can help us with that look at uh, romans 8 26 we god knows that we need help romans 8 26 says likewise the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses that's just a fact i mean you don't you're not strong everywhere now in the lord you're strong but just naturally speaking you have things you need that you could need help in, just personality-wise. There's strengths and weaknesses to different personalities. We're all working on bringing, uh, you know, weaknesses up, but, you know, you're never going to be as strong probably in certain areas as other people that are naturally strong there. You need help. We need help to do what God has called us to do. But the good thing is, He will help us do what He's called us to do beyond what you're able to do. And He, he will help us with our weaknesses. Can you put that back up? Verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, this is, this is a connotation. In other translations, it says, cannot be uttered with our inarticulate speech. This does have something to do with praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues. That is a thing. Now you're praying out, the Bible says it talks about you praying out mysteries when you're praying in the Spirit. But the Bible says that He helps us with our infirmities. Even when we don't know what to pray, He helps us. Verse 27, Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28, And we know that all things work together for good 
to those who love God, to those who are call, the called according to His purpose. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. As you look to Him and He helps you, even when something doesn't look good, He can help it to work together for good. Even if you, we're in a situation where stuff doesn't look good, that doesn't mean God did everything wrong. People get the idea that somehow God, you know, just messes with people and, and does stuff. Even though we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where everything doesn't go perfect. And so something doesn't go right. In the middle of that, we have a helper that can come on the scene and be like, oh, I know how to fix this. Watch this. Where it looked bad, it can turn out better. It can turn out good. Now, that doesn't mean that God was trying to do something bad in order to do good. Stuff, we have an enemy, and we live in a fallen world, and stuff can happen. And in spite of that, doesn't mean God left us or whatever. Through whatever reason, something can happen. And God's will is always good in, in spite of all that. His will is always for us to triumph. So even if something in our way happened that, isn't good, he can say, watch this, we'll triumph anyway. He knows how to get it done anyway, get us over anyway, get us through, get us around, get us under, get, you know, blow it wide open, shut it down, whatever, he knows how to get past. And that's the helper we have. He is with us and he is in us to help. Always. And when we need to have this strong in us is when we need help and the, your mind's telling you, how are you going to get past? How are you going to get through? That's when we need to say, I have a helper. And I don't know, but he knows. And we're going to get through. And your mind or, you know, wants to say, there's no way. And what we need to look to the Word and say, no, I have a helper, and we are going over. We're going through. We're going to get to the other side. A couple verses down from this, this is a familiar word, verse, but this is the context that this, Romans 8 is awesome, the whole thing. But Romans 8, 31, just a couple verses down, you know, we stopped in 28, but verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If, if we have the Helper, the Almighty, then it doesn't matter what's against us, is the point. Don't glorify the situation and say, Oh, this is so big. Glorify the Helper and say, Well, I got unlimited help. And He's with me. He's in me. And his job description is to help. Hey, I qualify. I need help. Well, let's go. He's like, I'm good at that. That's, have you read the Bible? I'm the helper. Hey, I'm here. I was in there all along. Let's get her done. Amen? Let's read one more. 1 John 4, 4. Another, uh, maybe a familiar verse of Scripture. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, talking about the spirit of Antichrist in the world, but this applies to whatever, have overcome them because he who is in you, talking about the helper, the advocate, the strengthener, all those descriptive words, 
He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Or you could say, he who is in you is greater than whatever circumstance is before you. He who is in you is greater than any obstacle. He who is in you knows how to get through any obstacle. He who is in you knows what needs to be done. And so there, it doesn't matter what's in front. It matters who we have with us. Look at this in a couple more translations. In Amplified Classic, it says, Little children, you are of God, you belong to Him, and have already defeated and overcome then the, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater or mightier than he who is in the world. He's mightier. We ought to, when, when something bumps up against us, we need to get it ingrained in us, and the reaction is, well, God's bigger than this. And God is on my side. God is, me, uh, is with me. He's for me. We read, if God is for us, who can be against us? God is bigger than this. God is bigger than this. God is bigger than this. He'll show me how. He'll, sh he'll help me. He's bigger. He's greater. And look at it in the Passion Translation. It says, little children... You can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is far greater than any circumstance. The one that is in you is far greater than any problem. Is far greater than any challenge. Far greater. Everybody say far greater. What does that mean? Way greater. That means whatever you need, he's got ample. You need this problem solved. He's like, I know how to solve them all. You need this much money. He said, I have no limit. You need certain wisdom. He is the all-sufficient, all-knowing one. So he, he is far more than a match. We may not be a match, but he is with us, he's in us, and he's the helper, and he is far greater. Every time. Everybody say, far greater. Far greater. Far greater. That's who's in me. He's far greater. You say, well, what about the problem? Far greater. I don't need to know what the problem is. We don't need to know what the problem is. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what the challenge is. We need to emphasize who's in us and that he is greater. He's far greater. Amen? Amen. 